What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Okay, if you're a friend of the show, you already know we are in the midst of the 81 from 81, aka the top 81 albums from the year 1981. By the end of it, we'll actually have played 100 songs because we did 19 odds and ends. But you all probably know that. So, hey, let's just get to it. This is now the top 30. And I know I've said this every episode, but this list just keeps getting better and better. If that's in any way possible, it's just crazy how good the albums from 1981 were. Further proof right here, kicking it off at number 30 with a band, uh, you know, definitely has a cult following And an album I was not super familiar with. This is definitely probably one of the highest ranked albums that I don't have like a massive amount of nostalgia for. But it made it as high as number 30 here on this list. Uh, The first time I heard this particular song that I'm about to play, which happens to be the title track of this album. First time I ever heard it was being covered by the Melvins in 2001. And then when I saw them on the subsequent tour, they actually encored with this song as well. It's considered a punk rock masterpiece, and I am in agreement here. And as punk rock as it is, it's also one of the most unconventional punk rock songs of all time, because it clocks in at about 10 minutes and change. But yes, we are still going to play it here as the opener, because it's a title track from the Wipers album, Youth of America. This is their second album. Once again, we talked about how a lot of albums on this list definitely avoided the sophomore jinx, and this is considered probably their best album I I was reading just on the uh, legacy section of the Wikipedia, of course, that uh, Kurt Cobain listed this as one of his favorite albums of all time. I actually remember reading that list. That's the one page I read in the Kurt Cobain journals because I really wanted to know what his Desert Island list was. And this was in there along with some other really quality albums, honestly. Uh, Yeah, no better way to kick off this particular episode than with the title track from Youth of America. This is The Wipers. Check this one out. Turn it up.
kicking off the show right there. That was the Wipers with Youth of America, the title track, all that good stuff. That album came out on May 17th, 1981, produced by the singer Greg Sage. And of course, just on principle, the absolute audacity of them to do a 10 minute song in punk rock when everything was like almost under a minute at this point, like the second big wave of the hardcore and punk movement. All the songs are super short, shorter than they ever had been before. I mean, you know, I love my Minor Threat records and Germs records and stuff like that, but it's neat to hear something like this at this time. That's definitely the most shocking thing you could do while still remaining punk rock, because musically, of course, it still is. All right, speaking of offbeat songs, this next one here, I've played this before a handful of times on the show, but it's one of my favorite, favorite songs, especially one of my favorite songs by this band right here. And they come in here at number 29 with their album, Fire of Unknown Origin, the great Blue Oyster Cult. This album came out in the summer of 1981, but that ain't the summer of love. Still a good summer, though, I bet. And this album was produced by the now late great Martin Birch. This is a big record for them. This is definitely, I think, the most essential Blue Oyster Cult album, in my opinion. You know, people love Agents of Fortune, but I think this is their best album. Fire of Unknown Origin, Veteran of the Psychic Wars, of course, Burning for You, the big one right there. I just think this is a damn near perfect album and ranked very high here on the list. Like I said, these are all massively great records. And of course, like I said, one of my favorite songs ever and by this band especially. I gotta play it. Sorry if you're sick of me playing this song, but hey, it's my show. So here you go, coming in at number 29, Blue Oyster Cult from Fire of Unknown Origin with, of course, Joan Crawford.
a stone cold gem right there for my money. Joan Crawford by Blue Oyster Cult from the great fire of unknown origin record. Go get that record. And, you know, I mentioned on the last episode that I kind of screwed up and forgot to listen to those two Tigers of Pantang records. So I just kind of did the tied entry. This next one right here, both of these albums tied for points. So I'm going to do for the first and only time so far in any of these countdowns, I'm doing a twofer because I'm going to play two songs in a row by the same artist because they did put out two records within the calendar year of 1981 and they're equally great and we got to give it up for this band. One of the great, great rock and roll bands of all time, Slade. Slade put out their first of two on my birthday. This was my second birthday, March 13th, 1981, an album called We'll Bring the House Down. Produced by themselves and Chaz Chandler, who is most famously known as the bass player from The Animals, uh, but he was also Jimi Hendrix's manager. And then Slade followed that record up towards the end of the year on November 13th, 1981, with their 10th studio album, Till Death Do Us Part. Like I said, once again, we are doing a twofer right here, so enjoy this. I don't know how many people are ready for two killer Slade songs in a row, but you're going to have to handle it right now. So here you go. I'm not going to say turn it up because they're going to turn it up for you. Check it out.
ride a full-blown double-shot rock and roll injection right there for you. But yes, that was Slade from two different albums, both from 1981. We'll bring the house down until death do us part. They tied, so it doesn't really matter which ones they come in before or after. They're both great. You should go check them out. Most people haven't heard those records, especially outside of England, but you totally should. And now coming in at number 26... One of the really, really big records of 1981, and it had a number one song attached to it as well. Perhaps one of the only number one singles of any of these albums. But yes, on Valentine's Day, February 14th of 1981, this huge album came out, Working Class Dog by the great Rick Springfield. This album is a pop rock masterpiece. Man, I honestly could play any song off of here. But I got to do this one right here. Speaking of great openers, one of the great album openers of all time, this one right here always puts me in a good mood. And as dark as it is, I even love the use of it in Wet Hot American Summer. So here you go. Rick Springfield with Love Is All Right Tonight.
Love is Alright Tonight there by Rick Springfield, the opener from the album Working Class Dog, our number 26th album of 1981. That album was recorded at the Great Sound City over in Van Nuys, produced by Rick Springfield, Bill Drescher, and Keith Olsen. Keith Olsen's got a ton of great credits as well. And speaking of pop rock masterpieces, number 25 is also no exception. This album came out on July 8th, 1981, co-produced by Richard Goderer and Rob Freeman, Beauty and the Beat, the debut full-length album by The Go-Go's. Such a great record. Like, if you got this album when it came out and not even know what any of the singles are, it just sounds like a whole album of great singles. Perfectly made for radio, just a super catchy album, top to bottom, and it's absolutely a must-own. And, you know, I'm slightly contrarian at heart here and there. I love me some obvious hits and everything, but... Nothing beats a good album track sometimes for me, and this is one of them. I love this song. I love the riff attached to it. I think it's just a great song, and maybe some people haven't heard this, so I feel like I need to play this to represent the album. Of course, you've heard Our Lips Are Sealed, and We Got The Beat. You might hear those every day if you listen to different types of radio, and even to a lesser extent, This Town and Skid Marks On My Heart, also cool minor hits. But this one right here is my favorite song on the album. So here you go to represent Beauty and the Beat by the Go-Go's. This is Lust to Love. It used to be the fun was in The capture and kill In another place and time I did it all for thrills Love me and I leave you
killer track right there, co-written by the two six-string guitar players in the band, Charlotte Caffey and Jane Wheedlin. That was Lust to Love by the Go-Go's from the album Beauty and the Beat. What a great record. And, of course, these are all great records. But coming in up here at number 24 was this band's debut album, The Time. Yes, give it up for The Time. Give it up for Morris Day. Uh, Yeah, this album came out on July 29th of 1981. And at the time, it was credited as being produced and written by a guy named Jamie Starr. Of course, we all know now, if we've read anything about this or know anything about the time, Jamie Starr was a pseudonym for Prince. Prince wrote and produced this entire record. Not to take away from the town of the time, these guys are amazing, phenomenal musicians and performers. And, and, you know, Prince was their Svengali, but they made it happen on stage for sure. They were great, and they were put through the ringer as far as rehearsals go. But yeah, the whole album written by Prince. There were two songs on there co-written by Prince and Revolution guitarist Des Dickerson. Uh, but yeah, fun party record right here. And if you just looked at this album on the surface, you'd be like, oh, this is an EP. It only has six songs. But some of the songs are pretty damn long. Kind of like this one right here, the opening track on the album. But it's going to fly right by. So here you go. This is the time with the first song on their first album. This is Get It Up.
All right, get it up right there by the time from their debut album, The Time. Ladies and gentlemen, The Time. Yes, okay, if you get that reference, then you're, you're cool in my book. All right, from one genius to another genius right here, Frank Zappa. So Frank Zappa put out five official releases in the same year, in the same calendar year of 1981. That's what Frank did, because of course he was insane, and we love him for it. Uh, so this is, I guess this will be a shared entry right here. Now, I guess the cheat, if you will, is the fact that the first and last album that he put out in 1981 uh, were, you know, like albums with vocals on them and lyrics written and stuff like that. And the three albums in the middle were all instrumental records. But that doesn't take away from the fact that he put out five unique releases in 1981. So I'll tell you what the five are. Tinseltown Rebellion, Shut Up and Play Your Guitar, Shut Up and Play Your Guitar Some More, Return of the Son of Shut Up and Play Your Guitar, and lastly, You Are What You Is. And since those are all instrumentals, they wouldn't count towards, you know, this particular countdown. You Are What You Is would count towards that, and so would Tinseltown Rebellion. Uh, like I said, this is going to be a tied entry, because I pretty much equally love those albums. So, and I understand, not everybody loves Frank, but I love Frank. And even though it's my show, I'm going to be a little nice here and there. So I would definitely recommend a listen of You Are What You Is. I think it's one of his more, I don't want to say like it's completely accessible, but it's very listenable. And I love the Televangelist trilogy on there. There's a batch of songs towards the end that really just hit home with uh, the horrible plague that was the televangelism in the 80s. Uh, but, you know, I say for as far as like breaking up an album and just putting one song to represent these two albums, I'm going to go with this one right here. This is the title track from Tinseltown Rebellion. This is Frank Zappa. Enjoy. them wongs to starwood to the whiskey on the strip you can hear the crashing blasting strum of bands that come to be real hip and get a record contract from a talent scout someday they'll sell the rest their cocks and balls they'll pick the check and walk away if they're lucky they'll get famous for a week or two perhaps They'll buy some ugly clothes to wear And hope the business don't collapse Before some stupid magazine Besides they're really good They're a Tinseltown Rebellion band From downtown Hollywood Tinseltown Rebellion Tinseltown Rebellion band It's a little bitty Tinseltown Rebellion it's a rebellion band. They used to play all kinds of stuff, and some of it was nice. Some of it was musical, but then they took some guy's advice. To get a record deal, he said they would have to be more punk. Forget their chops and play real dumb Or else they would be sunk So off they go to SIR To learn some stupid riffs And practice all their poses 
In between their powder sniffs Chop a line now Snort it up now And when they think they've got it They launch a new career Who gives a fuck if what they play Is somewhat insincere Tinseltown Rebellion Tinseltown Rebellion Band A Tinseltown Rebellion A Tinseltown Rebellion Band Did you know that in Tinseltown the people down there think that substance is a bore? Your new wave group looks good They'll hurry on back for more Of leather groups And plastic groups And groups that look real queer The Tinseltown aficionados Come to see and not to hear But then again this system Works as perfect as a dream It works for all those record company pricks Who come to skim the Cream from the cesspools of excitement Where Jim Morrison once stood It's the Tinseltown Rebellion From down, down, Subversive as ever. There you go. Frank Zappa with the title track from the album Tinseltown Rebellion. And despite the fact that that is mostly a live album, it was pretty much all material that had never been released before. And that's what Frank did a lot. That's one of the reasons he was able to be so prolific is that he would record on the road, bring the tapes home, maybe punch a few things in here and there, and then just put the record out because the record was done. It was well rehearsed. Boom. Done. So, yeah, like You Are What You Is is really the only actual studio album of those five that came out in 81. But Thistletown Rebellion is also considered like, you know, a proper release in a sense. That came out on May 17th of 1981, of course, self-produced. And that other album that came out, You Are What You Is, came out on September 23rd of 1981, also self-produced. Every Zappa album is self-produced, of course. Uh, you should also, if you like that track, or if it intrigued you in any possible way, go look up the version of that song that was on the Have I Offended Someone collection. Because I actually think it's a better overall performance, plus they interpolate a lot of the songs that are referenced within the song. So they go into like Whip It and I'll Tumble For You by Culture Club and stuff like that. It, it's a fun version, and honestly it's better than the one you just heard, but I, I like all versions of that song because I think it's funny it's fun 
Uh, but yes, let's do a really hard pivot over here for number 22. And this band's sixth studio album, showing no signs of slowing down, pretty much putting out a record a year right here, is The Ramones. Yes, one of the finest American bands of all time. And the album Pleasant Dreams, this album came out on July 20th of 1981, and it was produced by 10CC member Graham Goldman. There's an interesting fact for you. One of the most consistent members of the band as well. Really, really dig Pleasant Dreams. Of course I do. It's number 22 on this list. Very high. Uh, so yes, you know, a lot of people just stay in the bubble of the first four records. And of course, those first four records are law. But you gotta venture out, get into their stuff. All of their stuff, honestly. They don't really have a shit record. They have a couple of okay records. But, you know, at no point do they really just put out a shit record. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. But yes, Pleasant Dreams, very well recommended. It kicks off with We Want the Airwaves, but then it goes into this crazy, awesome, upbeat one right here. And I love it, so I'm playing it here to represent the album. So here is The Ramones, and all's quiet on the Eastern Front. <laughs> Some Ramones right there. All's quiet on the Eastern Front from the great album Pleasant Dreams. Go pick up that record for sure. And another one you got to pick up. And I will actually give a little bit of a disclaimer here. As we get into the closing song on this particular episode and coming in at number 21, which is an apropos number because that is the age that most countries will allow you to drink alcohol. And I always wonder how many gallons of alcohol that have been consumed overall to this band. It, it's got to, it's just endless. It's got to be. But yes, ACDC 
And my disclaimer here is that this album actually didn't score very well in the point system. And I'm talking about the album for those about to rock, We Salute You, which depending on what part of the world you live in, it's either their 7th or 8th release. But that's neither here nor there. I'm going to talk about this record. And I think this is an essential ACDC album. But that being said, if I was ranking this entire list just based on the point system, this album would actually be a lot lower. It'd be probably uh, more in the basement of the particular countdown here. But, you know, this makes it in here as a sentimental favorite, a nostalgic favorite. Uh, And there's like, it basically just is an album that's very front-loaded, as my friend Devin would say. It does tend to fall apart at the end for the most part, and uh, it works as a really, really stellar EP in the ACDC catalog. That being said, even though there's really only like six great songs on here, I still think it's worth getting just because the good stuff is classic and it's essential, and there's a couple of my favorite album tracks of all time in the entirety of the ACDC catalog, and this is one of them right here. So to close off the show with a a song that's almost like a good opener, but I'm closing the show with it tonight. This is, of course, the iconic, the classic ACDC with Let's Get It Up.
Goodbye, yes. Let's get it up by ACDC from the album For Those About to Rock, We Salute You. That album came out on November 23rd of 1981, produced by Robert John Mutt Lang, or just Mutt Lang as most of us know him. That was the third album in a row that ACDC had Mutt Lang produce for him. And, you know, it's the least successful of the three. But once again, I still think it's a must-own. And that's going to do it for this episode. Join me, of course, on the next one. We're going to get into the top 20 albums of 1981, numbers 20 through 11. It's going to be fun. This countdown has been a lot of fun for me. I hope it has been for you so far. we got plenty more show to go and maybe some surprises. But until then, stay tuned for the plugs featuring my better half, Nola, and the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, our new kittens Ruby and Ripley get a treat. We're on Twitter at RockStrikes10 and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock with Joey and the great Mark Streakle of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRusa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRusa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. <laughs>